Welcome to the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. Today, March 3rd, 2020, Claris Connect, the first other product of Claris International, has been released. Claris Connect opens a whole new flow gate of connections to outside services. Mike Burgi, Senior Application Developer and Project Manager at Mainspring, and many-time DevCon speaker, sat with me a few weeks before this release date to talk his impressions of Claris Connect. He's been playing with it for many months, and he sees all the great possibilities with this new service. At the time of our recording, such details as pricing and actual release date was not known, so forgive us if we speculate a bit. Mike gave us some good info about Claris Connect. One surprising thing I learned is that it can be used to validate FileMaker data in fields, and it could be used to dedupe your records. So listen in as we chat about Claris Connect. Let Mike's impressions help you make up your mind about the tool. Also, give it a try. Download the 15-day trial to see more about it. You'll find the link in the show notes. And remember, today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception, the FileMaker community's only real-time developer intelligence tool. And now, Mike and Claris Connect. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Context Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're with us. Uh, you, uh, you've got a lot to say in the FileMaker world, so it's good to, to hear your voice and to hear what you have to say. Yeah. You know, not just DevCon. You you don't have to just speak at DevCon. You can you can be on this podcast as well. <laughs> nice. um, I had uh, time to do all the things I wanted to do. Right? Oh, yeah. I have a list of blog posts and videos and all the stuff that I really want to get to. But you know, I have dogs and life and and yep. you know, Disney is twenty miles from me, so that that kind of sometimes prevents me. <laughs> so, maybe I'll cut that out. Todd doesn't need to hear that part. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, well, welcome. Let's, uh, I want to start by uh, having you introduce yourself to the audience. I'm sure they know who you are, but uh, tell us about yourself and maybe a couple things that we don't know about you already. Sure. Uh, well, first, what you probably know, uh, my name is Mike Burgi. I work for a platinum partner uh, called Mainspring as a senior application developer and also more recently a product manager. I manage our um, hosting product and uh, one of our new SBA products. So I've been developing FileMaker, I think, uh, geez, 13 years or so. Uh, before then, I have a background in web development and commercial art design. That's really the things from the FileMaker side that people know. Uh, something you don't know about me, uh, uh, but a Two weeks ago, I whacked my head really hard and uh, while well, I was on vacation at a ski trip at Red Mountain in British Columbia, which was like uh, the most remote ski resort I've ever been to. And I was skiing in like a foot and a half of powder, which I'm not really used to being from Ohio. So, um, yeah, that, that... Uh, one thing you didn't know about me is that a week and a half ago, I gave myself a concussion. <laughs> uh, I know. I... I lived in Colorado for like 10 years and never went skiing because of that very reason. <laughs> so uh, well, I wear a helmet. So, you know, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's a definite requirement. Another thing that you, that you enjoy and that we have in common is theme parks, right? Roller coasters. You, uh, as I recall, every DevCon that has a theme park, uh, in the same location, you get a bunch of people together and go, 
Yeah. And uh, you live fairly near uh, my, two of my favorite parks, Cedar Point and uh, um, Kings Island, right? So I live kind of halfway between them. So, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago now, we went uh, almost two years ago, we went to both of them and had a good time, at least at <laughs> Kings Island. <laughs> you know, the, it was a weird day for Cedar Point. But, oh, um, gosh, that was um, awful. Uh, they, they've kind of smoothed out things with their new ride now. Uh, Kings Island's going to be a new ride this year, though. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, we're getting, uh, you know, this is way off topic, but down here in Bush Gardens, Tampa, we're getting uh, a ride very similar to uh, Maverick. So that's what it's called, right? Yeah, Maverick. Yeah, well, Maverick and then Steel Vengeance is the arm. Steel Vengeance, that's what I meant. So, yeah, we're getting a ride by the same company that did Steel Vengeance. Rocky Mountain. Uh, Yep. So, well, we're not here to talk about roller coasters, although that is fun. Is there, uh, do you have Nashville? Does it have any amusement parks near it? I haven't had time to look, but um, I'll be starting the Engage Explorers Club post for 2020. Um, I'm probably uh, in March. So for that in the community space. Today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception. You're working hard and in the zone writing scripts, defining schema, and building layouts. You stumble on a calculated field you didn't remember defining. Where is it used? Can you delete it? What did your past self intend to do with this field? Well, without breaking your momentum or thought stream, you can turn to FM Perception to tell exactly where that field is used in scripts, on layouts, or in a calculation somewhere. You can find out if it is safe to delete or whether it should be kept. FM Perception is the only real-time developer intelligence tool for FileMaker developers. FM Perception exposes every detail of your FileMaker database structure. You can find out where fields are used, where scripts are used. You can discover every place any script step or any function, including execute SQL, is used throughout your system. And you can easily see broken references. FM Perception also gives you insight into areas of your system that are a little bit more tricky to find and discover. For example, you can see areas of indirection, all the places you use global variables and those names, and even index indicators, those fields that are indexed intentionally or otherwise. FM Perception's power is in its speed. You don't need to stop and wait for an import to happen before you can get the answers to your FileMaker questions. Simply run an XML database design report and open that report in FM Perception. Download the 14-day trial of FM Perception and experience yourself real-time developer intelligence. Well, I uh, I brought you on today because it's been a while since we talked and because I remember back at FileMaker DevCon, you were one of a few people that um, got your hands on Claris Connect right at the beginning. The alpha test group, yes. We're, we're seeing a lot of uh, information about it and uh, I think people are, are, are you know, doing some thinking about it, but I would love to just talk with you about it. I don't know much about it. Um, I know Todd was part of the alpha group, but I just haven't seen much of Claris Connect. So I'd really like to hear from you about it. I know you wrote about it on your site and we'll, we'll link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really just, you know, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that seem kind of weird and we'll see if, uh, see if uh, we can help form a picture of Claris Connect. Sound good? Sure. 
All right. All right. So um, let's let's start by what what Claris Connect is at a high level. Can you describe it in a couple sentences? Yeah. So Claris Connect is a new standalone product from Claris, um, independent of the FileMaker platform that um, integrates flow-based programming in an easy-to-use um, what you see is what you get interface. Um, so what this does is it allows you as a um, non-developer or developer to uh, log into a web app um, and create what are called flows, which are just uh, automated uh, action steps uh, that connect different services together. So it's sometimes referred to as if this, then that programming. Um, but basically, um, it's designed to say, if something happens, do something else. Um, and then you can chain uh, all of those events together into one big automated workflow. So um, Claris Connect specifically does all that like um, some of the other competitors in the markets do. Um, but it has the added advantage that since it's made by Claris, um, it uh, also has a direct connector to FileMaker. So it's the only flow-based um, application that has that connection to FileMaker. That I, I'm really interested in that. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll kind of diverge and talk non-FileMaker and FileMaker. Uh, but you mentioned the, the, the term flow-based programming. Is that... A, is that new? Is that overtaking regular programming? Is it something? Yeah. It's obviously it doesn't sound like I need to spend a whole lot of time learning it. But is this just a new trend, or is it here to stay forever and ever? I think it's here to stay forever and ever in some form. Uh, I'm not sure if it's flow based programming. Flow based programming is a specifically defined workflow. It's it's a Automating, a, if you have a checklist that you have every time you bring a new customer on board, like I need to send them a new, I need to send them this intake form PDF, they need to fill that out, then that information needs to go in our database, then I need to generate an invoice for them for a deposit. You know, it's, it's a defined set of steps that always occurs every time some action happens. That's what flow-based programming is. In terms of the overall connecting the world together is I think where where programming is headed in terms of the the modern programmer is going to exist to um, tie different services together and make the data move back and forth between the two of them so that's kind of a little bit different than flow-based programming um, but uh, a, a good friend of mine um, my my former protege that I actually taught filemaker to Joe Simpson what who listens to much many more podcasts than me um, said that he overheard somewhere about and this was about five years ago he he said uh, in ten years developers are only going to exist to tie software together and that custom software is it's kind of going out the window um, and, and if you look around that seems to ring a little bit true right um, so if if somebody says, I need some solution now to uh, send text messages to somebody, it's not something that I would write myself. I would tell them, okay, you can use Twilio for 
you know, a couple bucks a month to send thousands of text messages out. And it's a very easy API to integrate with. Uh, or if they want to do accounting, you know, they're going to use QuickBooks. And if they're, they want to use a CRM, they can use HubSpot or um, Salesforce or uh, Zoho or any, you know, all of these services already exist and they do their focused job very well. So the developer, the modern developer is going to exist to tie those services together and make the information move back and forth between them. A FileMaker developer is wise to become a modern programmer by <laughs> accessing those other services too, right? It's not just FileMaker anymore. And on the, the writing's been on the wall a little bit for FileMaker developers. Look at all the uh, new features that have been geared towards integration. Um, we're talking about things like uh, machine learning models being integrated and uh, making APIs and JavaScript more easily integrated so that we can you know, everything that you do inside of FileMaker has kind of, how much more can you innovate just inside FileMaker itself? The, the innovation with FileMaker over the last couple of years has been connecting it with other things, connecting it with machine learning, connecting it with APIs, connecting it with a Billy Bass to talk through AWS's <laughs> voice interface. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, that's right. I saw that. It definitely right. right? Yeah, that was whim, right? Whim session. But uh, again, it's it's an important thing to for any FileMaker developer to consider that if if it's not in your toolkit to integrate and do two way communication with APIs, both from consuming an external API like you know using Twilio for text messaging from FileMaker, but also the other hand receiving that information back either by something like a webhook. It's important that you know how to do that two-way communication because more and more your opportunities available to you as a developer are going to be for connecting services together. And FileMaker is a great centralized platform where you can easily spin up a, a simple database that connects all those things together, stores all those keys in one place, runs all those actions. It has a very easy scheduling interface on the server in terms of running scheduled tasks that type of stuff. So it's it's a good it's a good position to be in having FileMaker as that central core that connects all those things together. I think um, our many of our episodes we talk about that. We just interviewed. Uh, we just talked with Logan Cornelius who who did that exact thing. He didn't build inventory systems in his in his FileMaker database. He chose the platform specifically because it could connect to their already established inventory system that they had and uh and so forth so that's things we talk about and you talk about and others do as well speaking of that what would you you mentioned tweeting and 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 uh or (laughs) you mentioned text messages you wouldn't build something like that for filemaker what are some other things just off the top of your head that you would never build in filemaker again or at all ever because you can rely on another service uh, I am under the sending email uh, using your local uh, email client. I just hate supporting it. Uh, still got that weird thing where half the universe uses Windows 32-bit Outlook and 64-bit FileMaker, and it crashes every time they want to send an email. So what we've done is I've created a very simple um, set of um, 
scripts and functions that I can copy and paste to a file that Im- integrate with Amazon SES. And I, I think you get something like 10,000 message sends a month. So um, I've got logging built into that. So if I need to save, you know, a sent items mailbox from my email system and FileMaker, I, it's very easy for me to create those records to document them. Um, and then it's, you know, the, the email script itself just takes a JSON object of the email to send out. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just very simple to copy and paste across multiple systems. It's very simple to tell somebody to sign up for an uh, Amazon account to use as yes. Uh, and again, for the amount of, uh, we've done systems that send, you know, like, you know, 50,000 messages a month through SES with no, it doesn't even blink an eye. Whereas if you're trying to send that through somebody's version of Outlook on their computer or something, you're just going to be spending hours supporting that. So it's beneficial both from the developer to (laughs) keep your sanity and uh, from the client, they end up spending less money because they don't have as much support. So email is a big one. I'm trying to think of what else, Uh, text messaging, chat, we're using a Slack integration for. Um, we're using Slack's webhooks to push stuff in and out of FileMaker and back and forth. Uh, project, project management's the other big one, Trello. Uh, we're working integrations with Trello. That's more internal because uh, we manage all of our projects in Agile Workflow. Um, so we use Trello boards for all of our projects. Um, but that was that would be something like, uh, <laughs> I know you guys have a Kanban product, so it's a little awkward, but... Um, I would never really think about doing a, a Kanban just in FileMaker itself. Yeah, with- I, I I agree with that. That's have you ever? I just uh, talked with Ernest Coe about his DevCon session. We're getting off topic, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll come back to it eventually. Um, <laughs> he uh, talked about um, search using a, a search service where he sends all of his data up to that search service and caches it, and then and then does the search there. Have you ever done something like that? Yeah, we've done the dashboards with, um, we actually didn't use, uh, what's the popular dashboard one, uh, Tableau. We didn't We didn't use Tableau. We actually used Looker instead because it's got an ODBC connector. Um, so we've done that for dashboards. Um, I would say that like, I, I suck at dashboarding, like trying to think of, uh, like a single interface and FileMaker, like I, I can do it all. I can write the web viewer stuff to make like nice looking charts and stuff, but it, it's just so much easier to connect it to another service and then just like give them, give the person that needs that dashboard a login and just saying like you have complete and total access to build and slice however you want. So dashboards are like that. One time I I looked into trying to like integrate Hadoop with FileMaker uh, through ODBC and it it didn't go very well. It didn't go anywhere, but um, I I don't know if uh, uh, I I could see like big data performance is something that's always kind of lagged in FileMaker, right? Like if you try to search an unstored calculation on a table with a million records, you're going to get up, go get some coffee, come back still going to be beach balling for five minutes before it pushes through and ESS searching. This actually came up yesterday. Uh, we're not using FileMaker really anymore as like a, a crystal reports thing where you just put it on top of a, an ESS database and expect it to perform well for searching. So we're looking at solutions for that kind of stuff. 
All right. Well, let's let's get back to um, Claris Connect because uh, you you described it for us way back a few minutes ago. Um, since you've been playing with it, just what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Does it is it going to change our lives uh, when it's released as a as FileMaker developers? So I think it has the potential to change our lives as FileMaker developers. The tricky spot that is going to, I think, determine the entire success of Claire's Connect or not is going to be what it's priced at. Okay. Um, and I don't know what it's going to be priced at. It's hasn't been really super announced yet or and anything I've heard has been rumors at best. So the only thing I've had to go by is what do the competitors charge? So um, Microsoft Flow is $15 a user per month. Um, if you've already got like Office 365, so that's something to maybe compare it. If, so maybe if you do 15 times five for like the five pack user license and say that it's like around a hundred bucks a month, then that would probably be a good price point where, um, where you can, uh, change your world. Um, I think it also depends. FileMaker is so custom to the point where you just can't answer that question for everybody. Uh, okay. And that's why I say again that it has the potential to change our lives. So there might be somebody who was considering using other third-party services along with their FileMaker system to kind of create a, a more robust CRM system for themselves. And what's been holding them back has been the high cost of FileMaker development to integrate those APIs. So, you know, you, you could get a 20 to 50 hour project if you want to do a some straight up integrations um, for some, certain services. But if if now Claris Connect comes along and it takes an hour to set that stuff up and you're just paying that monthly fee, then okay. that would change your world. So let's 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 uh, talk about it. What so you, you mentioned that Claris Connect is a flow-based programming that connects uh, systems together, that connects services together. Um, and you hinted that it works with FileMaker. You specifically said that. But you, I, I guess what's inferred in that is that it doesn't have to be FileMaker developers, right? Um, people who don't have anything to do with FileMaker can use Claris Connect, right? Correct. And not only that, but us as FileMaker developers as well, we can use it as an opportunity to get new business for connecting other things that aren't FileMaker together. So that's, that's an interesting idea. So consultants, development shops can add that practice to their company, right? Where they just connect things using Claris Connect that has nothing to do with FileMaker. They close that app <laughs> and they they just focus in the browser, right? Right. And then if if that leads to FileMaker integration later, then all the better. Uh, yeah. And then you're already on a platform that supports that. What are some of the, the connections that I can make that they've announced that it says that there were over 100 connectors? Do you know all of those connectors and have you played with all of them what are some of them no um so uh twilio's one hubspot uh outlook um uh, general webhooks which is nice because uh, it lets you kind of send data to a url so you can kind of use that to customize 
to any service that supports uh, a, a webhook. Um, I heard uh, Jira is in there, but I use Trello, so um, I haven't played around with the Jira connection. Um, of course, the FileMaker connection is the, the big deal, and that seems to be working very well. But the other great thing about it is that it has a number of non-service functions, like they're internal functions, like you can run mathematical functions, you can run document utilities um, in line. So I, I think there's something where you can like convert documents in there or read text out of documents, like if you want to extract stuff. So um, it has the potential to do certain like plugin-like functionality uh, without using plugins. So you could like trigger uh, an action on your FileMaker database that when a record is added to a table, it runs some sort of plugin action. Like, okay. Um, uh, the other cool thing that it does is a uh, schedule and wait. So you can break your flows up into saying like, I need to send this document and gather a signature on it and get a response back before the rest of this flow completes. So it'll actually pause it and then wait for that action. It's kind of similar to FileMaker's pause script and then waits for that action that fires it off and starts it back up again. And then the, the schedule thing too is, you know, you can tell it to run some sort of send an email out tomorrow at 10 a.m. or something like that. So describe for me, we've we've talked high level here, we've we've mentioned some things, but what does this flow-based programming entail? Can you describe it very clearly in this audio-based podcast for us? Where do I start? Right. So the, the first place you're going to start in Claris Connect is just logging into Claris Connect. That's going to log you into your dashboard. Logging in. Okay. <laughs> then um, your first stop is going to be a dashboard that has your list of projects. Uh, a project is something that groups together multiple flows. So um, from a consultant standpoint, you can think about that as all of your clients. So you could have, you know, client A's project, client B's project, client C's project. So then you would click into whichever project you're looking at. When you're on a project detail view, it's going to show you all of your flows that you have for that project. So I might have, again, going back to that example, my new customer flow, uh, I might have a um, marketing email response flow or um, website contact form flow. So like if a, somebody submits content to a website, um, what happens? So each one of those flows will be listed there in that project detail view. And then I can either from there create a new flow or click into one of my existing flows. We're going to have flow templates so that you can have kind of like a preset flow that has all the steps put together for you already. So you just have to kind of click into each step and connect it to each account. Or you're going to have the ability to create your own flow from scratch. So when you create your own flow from scratch, it's broken up into steps. So each step in your flow is something that either is an action that is, you know, Claris Connect is waiting for something to happen and that's going to kick off that action. Uh, or it's, um, uh, I guess, a reaction or a, 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 
an outbound action. So an inbound action or an outbound action, a trigger action or a, or a service action. Um, I, I don't know what the official uh, vernacular is for that. So um, for each one of those steps, it, it appears in kind of like a list view. So it's done in order. You can drag and drop those things to put them in specific order. It's also like a tree structure. So like you can make actions be nested and dependent on the parent action. So uh, a good example of that is there's an if action or an else action. So like if you have an if action, you can nest a bunch of actions under that if trigger. So like if the email contains, you know, more than 500 characters, it's obviously a, a long response that needs attention. So send it with high priority else send it as regular priority. So you've got that kind of logic you can build. Um, but basically, e each action in the list view, you click and it expands. There's a, there's a little plus sign next to the right of it. Um, so you click the plus sign and it expands and it shows you every all the settings for that action. So like if you have the FileMaker action, it's going to tell you to pick a layout um, and pick a field. And then you can say, like, I want the data to go into this field. So all that's going to be in that little uh, drawer, I guess you would call it, that pops out under your step. So um, you line up all of your steps together, and then you can uh, save that flow. Uh, and once you've saved that flow, um, you're going to have, um, there's version tracking in there. So there's a version tabs in, in there where you can see all the changes you've ever made to that flow. So if you do something and it breaks, you can go back to an older version that worked, which is nice. It's got like a couple clicks and it will revert you back to that working version. There's notification settings for each flow. So like if a flow like ever fails to run, it will send you a notification, which is important as a developer. And then there's a history tab in there, which will show you all of the times that flow has ever been triggered or activated. And that's really cool because you can click in and you can actually see the data that has flowed through the system. So think of it as like the FileMaker's data viewer when you're using script debugger to go through a script, except it's storing that data for you so that you can go back and see what happens. So like in FileMaker, the script debugger, your script ends, your, your local variables cease to exist. You can't go back and see what actually happened. You have to step through it and kind of see it as it's working. But with the history tab in Connect, you can actually go back through each step and see the data that was received and the data that was output from each step, along with all the API responses. So like if you're if you're trying to customize and make your own like connector, um, which will be a feature later on to build your own connector, you, you can kind of troubleshoot your API responses and make sure it's being handled by Claris Connect properly. All right. So uh, the last thing you can do is you can test your flow. So um, once, uh, that essentially will manually trigger the action that causes your flow to, to cycle through and run. So all of that is, it's, it's kind of drill down from the top. So log in, go to my projects, go to that project's flows, go to those flow details, uh, go to those steps, and then each step has its own kind of detail view with its own settings. All drag and drop, all point and click, all fairly easy to understand just by looking at it. 
Uh, I was I was just going to ask. They uh, you know it's it's advertised as easy as one two three. Does it really feel that way? Uh, well, one two three four five uh, sixty five <laughs> seventy. I, I mean, depending, it, it, it's exactly like FileMaker is. In FileMaker, I can launch FileMaker and I can go under the file menu and do new starter app and like build a contacts database in three clicks, right? Um, but if I want to customize that, it's going to take a lot more clicks to customize that. And you know, if I want to add a field, that's going to be like five more clicks. So it's the same thing with flow. You can build a flow with like a hundred steps in it. And each one of those hundred steps may have between like five or 50 settings uh, in the steps. So that, that could be as easy as one, two, three, or 500 or a uh, thousand. So um, yes, for a basic thing though, uh, I mean, if you just want to do some sort of basic like two-step flow or something like that, yeah, it's going to be very easy. One, two, three is, is an accurate description. The, the most important thing is it, it does... It does support some coding, so it's going to support like custom JavaScript coding that you want to do. Um, and there's some like uh, shorthand you might need to learn for some of the services. Like if I want to take the 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 field values that were submit to my flow in step one, and I want to stick those into a database in step through or step three or something, I'm going to need to know a little bit of shorthand. It's going to guide me along, but um, you know you're. Um, you might have to learn a little bit of like bracket notation or that kind of stuff. But it, overall, it's a low code to no code programming interface. It, it's point and click driven. I, th I think I get the sense of it. It's really, you, you mentioned it's just drag drop. It's it's pretty understandable just on the by looking at it. It's really making data flow from one service to the other, from Outlook to MailChimp or from, from a, uh, when a new customer like goes to your site or downloads a product, you can grab that email and send it to your, um, send it to your email program, right? Mm -hmm. That it's pretty simple, but it, it also, you mentioned works with FileMaker. And I think that's pretty intriguing to me is that there's a FileMaker connector that you mentioned that will actually, what will it do with our FileMaker data? So if I, if I do have an email that comes in, through MailChimp or whatever. Well, if, if Most people has... will use it to put data into FileMaker. Okay. Um, you can also, if you're familiar with the data API, it's kind of focused around the same actions you can do with the data API. So um, create a record and then the the settings for create a record are you, you're going to specify a layout that it's going to be on. You're going to specify what the values for the field in that or the fields of that record are going to be. And, and that's where you can like take the data you received in step one. And if your step three is writing to a FileMaker database, that's where you're going to insert those values into your database. So uh, if somebody signs up on your MailChimp list and you want to add them to your database, you might have a flow that says, well, first off, I want to search for the CML address in my database to see if this person's already in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can put a step, uh, if, um, uh, if else underneath that, so your, um, 
So your first step would be like new subscriber, and that's a MailChimp action that happens anytime a new subscriber comes up and, and you get some information from MailChimp. The second step would be perform search, perform find and FileMaker, where you take that information from the first step and search for if email address matches in your database. Then the third step would be nested under that second step. It would be dependent on that find for, from FileMaker. And then you, that would say if, you know, get found count greater than zero or whatever it is in Claris Connect, then you want to say, I want to update this record with the information I received. Otherwise, which would be an else, I want to create a new record and store this data. So each one of those things, just like how script steps are, um, individual line item, line numbers in FileMaker, they're individual lines or steps in your flow. So, it, Did all this happen in, in FileMaker with a script or did it happen in Claris Connect? So you, you mentioned like looking for the email to see if it exists. Where is that done exactly? So Claris Connect has what I would call like a virtual client. Um, that is running these actions. And that's why I said it's kind of focused around what the data API does. So if I was writing a like a PHP script to do the same thing to like set up, which I've done before, like I've set up a webhook that takes data from a WordPress form. And that webhook is a PHP script that uses the data API and it does a find in FileMaker. It gets the result back. And then from there, it determines as to if it needs to update an existing record or create a new record. But that is, you know, a couple hundred lines of straight up PHP code. Then I need to host that PHP code somewhere so it can be uh, used. Then I have to actually like figure out how am I going to send data to that webhook. What, what Claris Connect does is it takes away all that uh, work where... You can, you know, you connect your MailChimp account in step one, and then it has a number of different actions for MailChimp you can do. So like subs new subscriber or subscriber cancels or emails rejected or that kind of things. All, all those things will trigger actions from MailChimp to Claris Connect to happen. And okay, so on the FileMaker side, it's all data API based. So the 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 Claris Connect virtual client is making those API calls and it, it's step based. So like if, if my step is a find, the virtual client is going to send FileMaker the API request to do that find and it's going to receive the result back from FileMaker. Then that result is going to be available for the next step in your flow. But each request happens independently. And that's why in the history tab in Claris Connect, you can go in and actually see what the response from FileMaker was, you know, the, the record object that it returned for that file. With Claris Connect, you're basically, you're building a whole workflow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of it without writing a single script in FileMaker, because it sounds like, it sounds like what I could be doing is sitting here looking at my FileMaker app mm -hmm. and there's a hundred records and then I look away and come back and there's a hundred one yeah. because a new email has just come in. A new customer has just come in. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I'm working with the JavaScript stuff right now and we, you know, we can do stuff in the web viewer and then we send it back to FileMaker. We still have to write a script, right? So right. we can now, uh, 
we can we can do use a callback the fmp url or something else to um the new the new script step to cause a script to run in filemaker but i still had to write that script here claris connect it handles all that stuff because it's using the filemaker data api right. it's basically and the other cool thing so when i perform that find i'm i'm going to set up that flow so i'm going to click the little plus button to add a new line to my flow and uh -huh. I'm going to choose the FileMaker connector and I'm going to choose what action I want to run. Okay, perform a find. When I do that, it's going to ask me, okay, what table do you want to find on? So I, I click a drop-down list and it's got all of my layouts in the system in that list. So I can choose which layout I want to do the find on. Then it's going to query that layout to pull the field list. So I don't have to remember any, I don't have to know anything at all about my FileMaker database after I connect it. Um, it's gonna read out and figure out what fields are on that layout so that I can say like, okay, first name is this field and I, I pull that down from a dropdown. So it's, it's actually reading the schema out of FileMaker as you, as you go through this uh, builder interface as well. So mm -hmm. um, if I'm writing, stuff in straight PHP, it's all case sensitive, you know, it's, it, I have to remember if there's like an underscore, if it's first underscore name, uh, or last capital N name, or something like that, I have to know exactly what the, the table names are, or the, the layout names are, the field names are, um, if there's special characters and that kind of stuff, you know, there's a lot that can go wrong if you're writing the, the data API stuff from scratch in, in PHP or JS. Um, but Claris Connect takes out all that guesswork. It's point and click. Yeah. How, how does it handle um, record locking, editing records that are being used by someone else? Um, it's this, I'm 99% I'm sure it's the same way the data API handles it. I'm 99% I'm sure that like he, uh, um, Giuliano and his team, the the guys that uh, were stand play, but now they're the Claris Connect team. Um, that they they built this connector based on the data API because a lot of the steps that are available to you and a lot of the way it works, like when you're looking at history, is straight out of like what it looks like in the data API documentation. Okay, and if you think about going forward, like future. You know, it's probably not based in XML or PHP custom and publishing because that stuff's been deprecated in the roadmap. It's it's not going to be around. The, the data API is the way that FileMaker wants you to connect to the FileMaker platform. And it's what's going to be available for on-prem or FileMaker Cloud or uh, whatever. That's going to be the way that you're able to connect. So does this, you know, does this replace the insert from URL script step and the whole workflow that I have finally gotten used to here at Geist Interactive and connecting to APIs? Am I, no, am I no longer going to use insert from URL if I have, uh, if I'm using Claris Connect as well? This kind of connects back to your earlier question uh, as like, is it going to change our lives as developers? And I, I think it's not a replacement for insert from URL. Insert from URL is really outbound communication only, right? You can't use insert from URL for like a webhook to, to sit there listening and waiting for data. So okay. Claris Connect can do that. It can sit there and wait for data to happen and then uh, run that action-based flow. Um, and, and on the same token, like if you have a database and the only integration that somebody needs is to be able to send text messages through Twilio, 
well, I can just copy and paste those script steps in 10 minutes and, and set them up with a, a new Twilio account and be ready to go in under an hour. Whereas, you know, uh, so something like Claris Connect just for that would be like way overkill. Again, Claris Connect has the potential to to change your life, but I, I don't think it's a replacement from insert for URL because that is the way that we're consuming APIs and FileMaker now, the, or the the best way currently, I would say, especially since they spent so much time investing to allow for things like uh, post parameters and uh, curl curl options. Okay. Well, that's good because then I, you know, I don't have to throw out everything <laughs> that I've learned <laughs> in the past year or so. I'm I'm good at it. I want to stay good at something for a little while before I have to throw it away. <laughs> and that goes back to like, um, you know, is it a game changer again because of the price point? So, you know, if if some things are prohibitively expensive to do with Claris Connect, you know, there there could be a, a brand new market that opens that it, it's it's always good like no publicity is bad publicity stuff. So it, it's good to know that when Claris Connect gets released, that people are going to realize that you can connect all of this stuff with FileMaker. There, there's an absolute benefit that somebody kind of shunned the FileMaker platform earlier because they thought that it wouldn't integrate with HubSpot is now going to say, oh, well, FileMaker connects with HubSpot. So um, it could lead to more opportunities for that modern developer that I was talking about, modern consultant, to to connect two services together without Claris Connect, just from the standpoint that people will now know that it's possible. You mentioned that um, using insert from URL is outbound. You can use Claris Connect outbound from FileMaker to something else. Can you to either add a record or to get back a response? Would you use it to get back a response of like a shipping quote or something, or is that not its scope? Um, yeah, it's possible. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on what else I'm using Claris connect for though. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. My recommendation would be for, well, anybody and including myself listening to this in the future, um, that if you do, have a client that signs up for uh, a Claris Connect subscription that you absolutely sit down with that client and figure out everything you can use Claris Connect for to get your money's worth out of it. That's that's how we're going to do stuff in the community, like test the workflow. Uh, I, I don't want to say like, see how much we can get away with, but yeah, see how much we can get away with. Since it's uh, since you have that if else if else logic in there, I, I mean you you can put a lot into one flow and just you send the flow a parameter. Just like imagine if you took all of the scripts in the most complex FileMaker database that you've ever built and you put them all into one script that was driven by a parameter. Claris Connect will let you do that too. Oh, okay. So you mentioned I think you mentioned cloud. You mentioned prem. So Claris Connect. It to my FileMaker system can connect to a cloud-based app. It can connect to a server-based app, and it can it connect to one just sitting on my machine here without local. Uh, I don't think peer-to-peer -peer runs the data API, does it? That's right. So the yeah, that doesn't uh, make sense. So on-prem, yes. Yeah, I think the re system requirement for FileMaker is that you're running the data API. So 
Okay. Okay. That's a good, that's a good point. So it does need to be on some sort of server for it to um, right. be able to use Claris connect. And okay. I think uh, 17 plus or whatever. Um, uh-huh. Like you can't connect to like a FileMaker 11 server. This is, it's really intriguing. I'm excited to, to see it and to play with it. What we've, we've mentioned some examples, but can you give me some other specific concrete uh, examples of how FileMaker developers will use this? Hmm. So we already went through like an email sign up. Somebody signs up on your email mailing list and a, a chain mm-hmm. of actions goes through. Let's say that um, you want to schedule something to, to happen. So let's say you want to schedule that at the end of the month, a script will run that will find records that aren't in your MailChimp database and automatically add those records to a list so that every record that every contacts record that you've added in your database um, over the past month that hasn't been a sign up through your website gets subscribed to one of your MailChimp mailing lists, or maybe it's a HubSpot marketing list or something like that. Um, so it can be used um, as a kind of a data quality analysis thing to, to make sure that the, the data has flowed between all of the the, the services that you have connected together, and that can be scheduled or or it can be actioned on a, uh, you know, when it occurs at the time of occurrence. Uh, the other thing I, I've been playing around with this, but actually using the the built-in functions as data QA tools, because a lot of what we do in our data-driven FileMaker apps is get I would call it like white box testing, where we're trying to guess what the user is going to put into the system that could potentially break it. And, and most people do this subconsciously. Most FileMaker developers, they'll, they'll mark the first name and last name field as being required in the schema. And then FileMaker is going to take care of kind of making sure that if a user is putting in a contacts record, that it gets first name and last name, or it's going to give them an error message. Um, but... What if you needed to go further than that? What if you needed to check that the, the email address that was put in is, is an actual email address? Well, you know, you can do pattern matching in FileMaker and that kind of stuff. Actually validate that the email is from a valid domain, you know, without doing some kind of external integration. Having an action-based flow in Claris Connect where it just reads the the record data that was entered in FileMaker and automatically cleans it up and updates it for you, you know, title cases it or something, you know, you can, you can build a very complex set of rules in Claris Connect that you could use for data QA, so to speak. Those are, those are some valuable um, use cases for it. Um, I like those ideas. The, one of the uh, features I understand is it handles errors or it, it handles its own errors. Can you talk a little bit about that? So like, right. what if there's a, an error in the data transfer or whatever? Yeah, so I would say there's two types of errors you're going to encounter with Claris Connect. There's going to be a, an error where maybe you didn't get back the expected result, but it didn't stop the flow. From running, so the the flow completed, but maybe one step in your flow, something went wrong, like one of uh, your API keys for Twilio changed, so it couldn't send the message. But the rest of the flow completed. So um, 
in, in that case, Claris Connect will continue tr trying to run through the flow, um, I, I believe, um, but it will still notate that there was an issue. Um, the other thing is just a severe uh, error where you something just goes completely wrong when it stops the flow in its tracks. And that's the thing I believe you can set a setting for where it's going to email you if that ever happens. You can build in your own error detection in Claris Connect as well so that you can say, like, if I'm consuming an API and I get an error 404 response, you can have it send an email to somebody else. So it, it, it's still flow-based. The, the error checking just becomes part of your flow. So like if you're expecting to find a record in FileMaker and it doesn't find that record, what should it do? Should it email the information that was received to somebody else? Should it create a new record in FileMaker? Um, should it go to a different FileMaker table, like a log table, and create a record? Should it run a script in FileMaker that does some sort of action? Um, you know, it, it sky's the limit. You, you can make it as simple as you want and just kind of monitor your Claris Connect dashboard and monitor that flow's history to see things as they run. Or you can make a super robust action-driven script that's going to do very granular error checking for every type of error and perform different actions in, in accordance to those expected errors. But again, you have to you have to kind of know what's what those errors are going to be before you can create a flow to address those errors. So that's where the the history tab comes in and the, and the ability to test your flow comes in. So when you're when you're setting up flows, you'll you'll be able to test them out to see if they work, um, and then you'll be able to go back and look at the history of that um, to to see if the data has been passing through. So like if you get a record in FileMaker that shows up and the email address is there, but the first name and the last name aren't there, you'll be able to go into Claris Connect and troubleshoot where that information was dropped. Um, did it not come in from Mailchimp? Was it not filled out? Or did it come in in step one? And in step three, uh, I typed or, or I didn't select the right field for it to go into. It's, it's good that this handles all that error trapping. I, I know, you know, here we focus a lot on transactions and we've got a, a myriad of scripts that handle any, any particular error, any of the errors that could happen. But it's a lot of work to understand that. Um, I guess maybe I don't have to. I can just plop the scripts in and go. But it sounds like uh, Claris Connect is going to handle the errors. It's going to log them for me so that I can take appropriate action, um, fix the flow, or you know, deal with the record that was somehow, you know, somehow missed and, and it wasn't sent to FileMaker, right? So yeah, and Claris Connect uh, under the individual flow settings, you know, it, it has some validation as well for the, like if you leave a field blank that is required by that API, it's going to, you know, say like, hey, this, this is required. Um, okay. So that's that's important to know too. So the the flows that you're building are already going to have a certain level of, checks and balances and testing done uh, just by Claris Connect itself while you're building it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, I can't expect that 
Um, I can't even name off all the HTTP error codes that you can get from APIs. You know, there's 400 level errors, 200 success messages, 500 errors. Um, there's probably like a uh, hundred different HTTP responses that you could get back from any given API. So having Claris Connect, being able to log those and, and action those for you so you don't have to guess and prepare for each one of those. Um, you know, it, it's great. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes That's, it a lot easier to deal with. Yes, it does. We, I think we, we tend to forget about error handling and trapping in FileMaker and um, this is a place where we're going to see it and we, we have to address it, right? So it's very good to, uh, to have a very clear workflow based on that, have something else create it for me. All I have to do is click and drag and create some settings and the, the error handling is complete. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that for myself because, <laughs> yeah. Air handling is something we need to focus on more. Yeah. And if you do want to dive in deeper, it's there. Like if you want to see behind the scenes what the request looked like that was sent to the API and what the response looked like when it came back, you can go in and look at that. So um, you'll you'll be able to see like what FileMaker's data API is passing back to Claris Connect. Well, very good. I, I I have a good description. There's a there's a lot of information coming out, and uh, it's good to hear from someone who's been playing with it for quite a while. Yeah, I think it's may not it it'll it should be a game changer for us. It it it's we here at Geist Interactive, you and other people have have long talked about FileMaker being a hub or a place for your business logic that's connecting to all these other services. And Claris Connect is just gonna make that all the much easier, right? It's low code to no code, exactly what that definition is supposed to mean. So very good. Well, cool. Um, anything else you'd like to let listeners know about Claris Connect that we didn't talk about here? Um, I think I can plug, I'm not sure if it's on the schedule yet, but I was hoping to lead a, a Claris Connect discussion at Pause on Air at the end of March in St. Louis. So uh, okay. if you happen to be around for that, we'll, but uh, I want to lead a kind of pragmatic, but also critical discussion of it to, to compare it against, you know, what else is in the market too, especially for those of you that want to use it as a non-FileMaker uh, utility. Um, once you start using it as a non-FileMaker utility, there's competition in the marketplace against that. Hopefully uh, we'll see everybody see a bunch of people in St. Louis that are interested in that. And yeah, that's really all I have to promote right now in terms of Claris Connect. And uh, Mike, I assume you're going to uh, be talking about this at Claris Engage this year. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, the session that I have relating to Claris Connect at Engage is called um, Claris Connect as a QA tool. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned it before, but um, setting up Claris Connect to um, kind of uh, act as an automated process that is checking your data and fixing your data for you so that you don't have to either create that in FileMaker or you can create much more advanced uh, QA workflows. Um, that's what that session is going to focus around. That's amazing. I I can already picture, I don't have any idea how that works, but I can already picture me entering a record into FileMaker that, you know, the phone number format is wrong. Claris Connect helping me validate that, making sure it's a real phone number or it's the right format. 
Uh, then, Records is a huge one. I mean, okay. how many of That's... us have written uh, dedupe scripts? For <laughs> but even having the ability to dedupe your records with Claris Connect, um, you know, you can have, you can search for duplicates um, and then you can process the resulting records with, with Claris Connect. And then you can automate that so that it automatically combines or dedupes records for you. Uh, well, thank you, Mike. Before we uh, go, uh, I'm trying to ask people this, um, two things. Number one, uh, what are you currently learning in FileMaker or its its orbit? Um, and where can people find you and uh, say hi, ask questions, and so forth? All right. So the first off is the learning. So for the last, uh, I mentioned at the start of this that I've become a product manager at Mainspring. Um, we're releasing a product into the market called FormPro, uh, which is a um, document management system for trucking insurance forms. Uh, basically, you input your data in one place and it broadcasts it out to uh, up to 300 or so different PDF forms. Um, and generates them all for you so you don't have to uh, do any of that automatically puts it in the cloud um, very nice set of features so i've been learning the ins and outs of the sba program because uh, we wrote this app in filemaker you know there was the opportunity to maybe not do it as a filemaker thing but we decided to go uh, with filemaker because uh, it's replacing a, a legacy filemaker pro 5 system that's been around for for 25 or so years um, so with that as well, I've been learning a high-level database schema. Um, the original database had um, something like 30,000 fields spread across uh, 20 different tables. Uh, we've combined that into a single table with about 15 fields. Um, so um, if you ever wanted to learn how to structure an entire database around key value pairs of data, I'm the guy to talk to. Which is a okay. segue into where to find me. So yeah, where can people uh, find you other than the ski slopes of some rem remote yeah, ski resort? If you or... are in Rossland, British Columbia. No, I'm not there anymore. It took 16, 16 hours to get there from Columbus, Ohio. Um, you can find me locally in Columbus, Ohio. If you're ever rolling through here, happy to stop by, have coffee with you, take you out to lunch, whatever. Um, our monthly user group is Cough Monk, uh, Central Ohio FileMaker Users Group. Uh, that meets on the third Thursday of every month at the Columbus Idea Foundry from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, if you just Google cough mug, um, you should find out about it somewhere. Um, end of March, I'll be at Pause on Air. Uh, we're carpooling and having a road trip to drive there. I think it's a six-hour drive from Columbus, so not too bad. Not, not, eh, it, I think it'll beat flying, so we'll see. Uh, and then, of course, Claris Engage. And, uh, Nashville in August. And you're very active in the uh, FileMaker um, pages in Facebook, right? Uh, yeah. I see you posting all the time. It's been quicker. Um, yeah. So there, there's two Facebook groups that I'm part of. Um, I think it's one's Claire's Discussions, and I forget what the other one is. And then the, the FileMaker community, I still get on there time to time, but uh, time has been a, a luxury I haven't been able to afford yeah. with the purchasing a new house and selling my old house and um, yeah, and managing this product. It's been a, it's been a wild ride. 
Very cool. Well, uh, I understand about time and I want to thank you for your time to talk to us about Claris Connect. I definitely have a better sense of it. And it's it's just good to hear down and dirty, <laughs> right, about it. It's good to hear a user of it, someone I'm, I'm sure you'll be using it in the future here with yeah. some of your clients or personally. So it's good to hear the, uh, the down in the weeds stuff about it. So uh, thanks for your time, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, I will see you probably not at Pause Air. I'll see you at Claris Engage for sure. So. All right. See you, All right. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. Thank you to Mike Burgi for his insights about the new tool. We here at Geist Interactive are excited for what this product can do, and we encourage you to give Claris Connect a try. And hey, feel free to contact us if you need help in connecting your app to outside services through Claris Connect. Please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Feel free also to reach out at support at geistinteractive.com. Until next week, remember, the Context Podcast is king.